0: This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. You always
1: hear about the elephant, the rhino, but like the only reason that thing's alive anymore is because of these guys.
0: That was a clip from one of my guests today, who is referring to the Rangers. These are the people who are responsible for protecting the wildlife in Kenya. They have spent a lot of time in some of Kenya's most incredible wild spaces and realize that the people protecting these spaces are struggling due to COVID, due to the drop in tourism. And they decided to do something about it. So they went out, they bought two (laughs) tuk-tuks, and they're going to drive them 6,000 kilometers from the equator In Kenya, all the way to Cape Town, South Africa, to raise awareness, to raise money for the Rangers, and to combine their passions for adventure, travel, and conservation. And I always love when people take a look at the things they love and figure out how to combine them and make a difference in the world. That's what these guys are doing. And I think what makes this interview really interesting is that they're in the preparation phase. They haven't left yet. They're leaving In a few weeks at the time of this recording. So if you have ever had some crazy ideas or you just enjoy hearing about other people's adventures, you're going to get to hear an interview that's happening at a very interesting time before the trip, kind of when they're trying to figure everything out and, and work through it all and make it happen and really make a difference. So you get the idea and then sometimes people come on the show and they've already done the thing, but these guys haven't done the thing yet. So It's a very interesting conversation. You'll hear what it was like growing up in Kenya, how they came up with this idea, why they're doing it, the heart and soul behind their mission, and how you can support it, and so much more. It's all happening in today's show. Plus, a shout out to, quote, a boring small town boy who never traveled anywhere, end quote, who has now made travel a central part of his life, how he's doing it. And you know, I always love to highlight people in this listening community. So you'll hear that story Hey, what's up it's jason with zero to travel.com welcome to the show thanks for hanging out letting me bring a little travel into your ears today this is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire no matter what your situation or experience as you heard at the top these boys are gearing up for quite an adventure six thousand kilometers in a tuk-tuk have you ridden in a tuk-tuk before Not the most comfortable way of traveling long distances. Even the short tuk-tuk rides I've taken have been a little bumpy, to say the least. They've actually solved that problem already. You'll hear how they've solved several of their problems along the way. And that's really the stage of this adventure they're in right now. They're saying, hey, you know, we're going to combine our love of adventure and travel with our passion for communities and conservation and do something. And just getting on the line (laughs) with these guys, they have a great energy. I wanted to just zap myself into the room with them and just be around their energy and their vibe. And it's always exciting when you're on the cusp of a trip and you don't quite know how things are going to work out, how things might come together or may not come together. And you'll hear about some of those uh, things in this interview. Stick around on the back end. I want to talk about your radius your own personal radius and what I mean by that. And I also want to give a shout out to somebody in this community in just a minute who shared how they are planning their long-term trip. And the subject line I got was, the travel gods told me to say hi. That piqued my interest. I'll share that in a moment don't forget, if you ever want to get in touch, jason at zerototravel.com is my email address, and I have a link where you can leave a voice message quite easily. I love to hear from listeners. And before we get into the interview, I do want to give a shout out to somebody who is making that long-term travel life possible. This is John, who said, I've been meaning to connect with you since the first time I stumbled upon one of your Transition to Travel episodes, but I was convinced myself I don't have much of a story to tell, but like a sign from the travel gods, I tuned into your recent transition to travel episode, and there you were telling me to reach out. Goes on to say, I, John, a boring small-town boy who never traveled anywhere, met my future wife Linda, a well-traveled, food-loving girl from the other side of the world, when we were quite young. Now 14 years together, we've transformed into a travel and food-obsessed duo, We've spent much of that time working our way through successful careers in the retail world, squeezing every ounce of adventure out of our two to three weeks vacation each year. We yearned for more travel, but what could we do? I remember one specific moment on a flight home from Bangkok when we looked at each other and asked, how can we make travel a full-time job? I immediately started blogging over at eatsleepdiscover.com, but quickly ran out of content with such limited travel time, so that hobby's been on hold for a while. We couldn't figure out the job part, but in seeking other options, I discovered the early retirement movement. So, for the last seven years, we've been aggressively saving and investing about 35 to 45% of our income as a means to cut ourselves free and retire by 45. The plan was to simply keep working until that time, but COVID had other plans. Financially, we were blessed to keep our jobs and continue saving even more money. But when the world said that we couldn't travel anymore, we realized how much we took it for granted. We were postponing our travel dreams for another day. But what if that day never comes? What if we get sick? Why don't we enjoy ourselves now? So last December, we decided that we would ride out this pandemic and hopefully come August 2022, we will quit our jobs and buy that one-way ticket. With any luck, our investments will continue to grow and still be good to go by the time my 45th birthday rolls around. And maybe we will find some location-independent passions to keep us busy and employed until that time. We're going to take this break while we're still young and able to seek out street food in the Bangkok heat. That is, whenever this world gets back to normal. With all that said, thanks for curating wonderful content and keeping the dream alive for many years between my limited vacation days. Thank you, John and Linda. Congratulations. I just wanted to give you some love here on the pod because you're finding a way with your situation, right? And I love the reminder there that there are no guarantees, right? I mean, I think the questions you say about postponing your travels for another day, what What if that day never comes? What if you get sick? Why not enjoy yourselves now? And it's always a tricky line, right? You have to balance the financial stuff with the career and different things you might want to do. But those are also important questions to ask. So anyway, just wanted to give you a shout out, uh, invite anybody else to get in touch and say thanks once again to all of you listening and to you. Yes, you with your headphones in or whatever you're doing right now, just for being a part of this listening community. You're so very much appreciated. And I just, I know I say it often, but I just want to say thanks. This is a community-powered show. Thanks for being here. Now, let's get into today's interview, and I will see you on the other side, my friend.
2: Wait, we have the whole gang here. Yeah, we got another member.
3: It's three too many. Will that, will that be too busy?
1: On but we can
2: own? have one on the mic. So we can,
0: we can pass it around. We can work it out.
1: Yeah, with the mic we can pass it, which is a lot You easier.
0: can work it out. All right. Well, what do you first of all, what are you guys doing in Kenya in the first place?
1: Um, so we both, oh, yeah, so me and Jasper were both born here. Uh, we're brothers. Um, and yeah, we've lived here almost all our lives, sort of going in and out of school in other countries and doing some traveling. But yeah, we're just back here because of the coronavirus really. It sort of closed off all uh traveling opportunities. I was meant to be in Australia and
3: Yeah. I, I was I was living in Indonesia for um I was working with with him in Indonesia actually, um, for a year beforehand, then I did a year cruising around, went through to Papua New Guinea and then up through India, Middle East and then home. And then I was meant to be going um moving to Canada and then yeah coronavirus came and scuppered all the plans. All
0: right, well, first of all cuz we got 3 of you here, so it would be good I think if for people listening if each of you introduces yourself so we know whose voice is whose. Got you. And then we'll get into what you guys are up to. So go go ahead and do that if you don't mind.
3: Okay. Hi, I'm Jasper. <laughs> and yeah,
2: first member of Took South. Hi, I am Josh. I am a filmmaker who makes TikToks at 29 years old.
1: <laughs> Hi, um, yeah, I'm Ivo. So I'm Jasper's little brother. Uh, just finished uni and living out here now. I'm in charge of the build of the tuk-tuk, which is a bit scary considering I'm actually a biologist. Well, I probably should have
0: qualified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't even know where to begin. All right, let's talk about your project first. So you're, you've you purchased one tuk-tuk or Two. two. You have, you have two tuk-tuks and your plan is to drive basically 6,000 kilometers from Kenya to Cape Town to raise money for rangers. That and is correct. Josh, Josh, you want to explain quickly what who the rangers are and what they do and okay. why they need money?
2: Okay, so the rangers here are people who are protecting the parks and conservancies and the endangered animals. Um, and a lot of their funding, a lot of the time from these conservancies is from tourism. So when COVID came along, it meant that they lost a vast portion of that funding. And they're now having to deal with people who have also lost their jobs in tourism, who are resorting to last ditch scenario. How can I feed my family? There's animals over there that we can eat. Like basically, let's go and try and uh, pillage the natural resources of certain areas around here. So the rangers are working on a reduced salary and they're dealing with more incidents and we noticed this through filming around in the uh, the local parks. So we'd be there filming like, you know, TikTok videos essentially about fishing and like exploring waterfalls and stuff. And then we'd realize that we were the only people in the parks. So we started asking questions to the rangers about like, what's going on here? How is your how's your job suffered? Like what's actually what is happening? And it turned out that people were actually suffering. So we decided to try and dig more. Uh, find out more information, and then at the end of it, we just thought we uh, we would actually like try and help these guys out.
0: So you were just filming, just like sort of fun travel things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right?
2: So we we do a bit of uh, we do a bit of everything. We got we we do a bit of sustainability, conservation, and also the adventure side of it. So uh, it, it, that's what our interests lie in, and that's what we make the best content about. Um, and this Rangers thing just sort of sprang out as being something which actually des- deserved a bit more attention and maybe a bit more of a mature approach rather than just like making TikToks, fishing in streams and stuff. We decided to try and like level up our game.
0: Yeah. Have a little more purpose behind a little more mission, I guess. Well, did
2: you grow up in Kenya as well? I am from Chester. So I, uh, I have escaped from, uh, from a small village near Manchester, about 400 people, a lot of cows, a lot of sheep, a lot of cricket, if you know what cricket is, Jason.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Those <laughs> are those animals that make a lot of noise at night, right? No, those are crickets, <laughs> sorry. Okay, yeah, the big long paddle, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I come from yeah. a very
2: sleepy little English village.
0: Okay, and how did you meet these guys over here, Jasper and Ivor? Uh, so
2: Jasper was my university friend, uh, in, met him in 2012, uh, and he would told me he was from Kenya and I couldn't quite believe it, but it turned out he actually was from Kenya. And then he invited me to come out here a couple of times. Um, we've been on some adventures together in Kenya. So like driving around on safari into the North near, t- near to Ethiopia when, when I second, the second time I came out here and then post university, uh, we've sort of both been cruising around Southeast Asia quite a lot, um, just basically trying to not come home.
0: Yeah. So did you just save up a bunch of money and then start traveling? How um, did
2: you? Well, Jasper's a, well, I'll tell, I'll do me first and then Jasper can describe what he does. But uh, I, I basically worked whilst traveling. So I got a job in Costa Rica as a volunteer coordinator um, with a company called GVI. And then I got offered a posting in Singapore as a, uh, a field biologist, so basically my job was to take kids out on field trips all around Southeast Asia. So I managed to—I didn't have any money to start with, but I began to like make money as I as I went along. And Jasper uh, is a sculptor.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. I mainly make my money through it's um, sort of a mixture between sculpture and um, crafts. It's a combination of wood, metal. And then a welded frame, and then um, sort of naturally molted feathers that I've collected around the world when I'm traveling, and aviaries I've visited, and re- bird rehabilitations I've visited. When their birds go through molt, they save their feathers for me, and then I basically cook them up into um, yeah, just these wall hangings and sell uh, and sell them, which has actually provided a pretty good capacity for. Um, ever since I left university, I haven't really had to commit to an office job. I can just go home and I can I can do twelve, thirteen hours a day quite easily because you just listen to um, your podcasts, your audiobooks and it's very enjoyable and um, i I enjoy the process of making these then I have an exhibition and then I'll go off um, traveling for f- for like half a year or a year and so yeah I went from uni I went um, I went through South America for a while, spent a lot of time in the Amazon went by boat from um, Peru. Up the Amazon River into into Colombia, and there I found a lot of. uh, I visited a lot of the tribes that use feathers, uh, the Mesoamerican tribes that use feathers, and then that inspired me a bit more. And then after that, um, I went and moved to Indonesia, and I got a job helping manage a couple of private islands there that um, these Australian investment bankers own. And that was a really great job because you could do. 15 days on and then you get eight days off to go traveling wherever you want. we were, our islands were quite close. And then job, sorry, Josh came and joined me on the job after I left. Well, we had a small crossover period. So we both worked on these islands in Indonesia.
0: Well, where did you I, find that game? That seems like a pretty obscure one.
3: Okay. So, um, what the, Ivo and I, we grew up on a, a game conservancy, which is part of why we really were really invested in the concept of, uh, rangers and protecting wildlife. Cause we, we, I mean, our closest closest town or village, when we uh, where we grew up, is sort of a, uh, like a half an hour, forty five minute drive away. Like really, really in the sticks, um, but with a lot of wildlife, like elephants, giraffes, lions, everywhere around. Um, yeah, and through that. through that, basically, there's a the long run is a, a institution that um, focuses on sustainable. Eco eco resorts, and there was one of these eco resorts on this conservancy, and yeah, through those connections, they the long runs have these these meetings every year, and the owners of this um, met these Indonesians. I'm really into diving and free diving, and so through that, they were like, "Oh, we know a guy that could be perfect, could be perfect for this job. Um, he really likes living underwater. Well, like spending a lot of time underwater." And they said, "Perfect, send him on, send him on," and yeah. That's that's how I got the job. And then I gave it to Josh.
0: This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday just for your favorite streaming services, go to usbank.com/altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, I wanted to ask Ivor about growing up in Kenya, what that was the experience was like, and what, what brought your parents there.
3: Um, well, the
1: parents were both born here. Um, I both their sets of parents. So our grandparents moved out after the war. They moved out here. We're sort of done with Europe. And they moved out in the 50s sort of time. And then, yeah, through that, parents grew up here, and I mean, I was the last of three of three kids. And yeah, I was, as Jasper said, I grew up on a on the edge of this conservancy, and it was just amazing. Like, as a small child, just having the sort of freedom to just charge off into the bush whenever we wanted. We had a little like fifty cc monkey bike. I don't know if that's relatable. It's like a tiny little thing. And me and Jasper and Cleo. My sister used to boost around on that the whole time out in the wild. It was really, really fun. Feral. Feral, feral existence. And sort of, yeah, no shoes living sort of thing, which was great. Um, we've since moved from there, like due to business and things like that, it was actually impossible to still live there. But until I was about 12, I grew up there. So it was, I think it was very valuable in sort of giving you a great appreciation of what out, like, how much fun outdoor stuff can be. And yeah, ever since that, we've been addicted to doing all of that cruising out like the north, just north of our town is the most amazing wild land you've ever seen. Like the different habitats that we have around here from three hours from this place is crazy so
2: and chester has a zoo so yeah we, <laughs> we have a zoo in chester
1: if you're uh, <laughs> thanks for um, that but yeah it's just it's, it's an amazing place to grow up and yeah even at this age it's an awesome place to work and cruise around it really
0: but then you said you were going to school around
1: yeah so I went to,
0: a bit was that after 12 years old or yeah
1: that was after okay the, the first bit yeah we were checked into a school here and then shipped off to england and yeah I finished my schooling there at university in bristol um which was a bit different very city life um but yeah it was fun it was a different experience and i yeah i really enjoyed it it's fun in different ways but yeah i'm glad to sort of be back here it's it's yeah it's wholesome out here
0: josh i mean tell us about your impressions of kenya of
2: kenya it is ridiculous out here like the you can go for a walk. Uh, in the bush, just the birds that you're seeing, the wild. I mean, it is scary that things out here can eat you if you are like wandering, because we like going into pretty wild areas where we won't see anyone else. Um, but uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, I guess that means that there's a lot of things that that can actually eat you. So like you can be crossing a stream and then there will be a story being told about someone who was bitten in that stream two weeks ago uh, by a crocodile. And so like there's stuff like that, which is it's very different from Chester in that way. Um, but it is incredible like it it's it's um just a lot of it is untouched wilderness and coming from england there is no un- well you've got parks and stuff but really there is no untouched wilderness uh we uprooted it, all of our trees years ago and replaced it with farming fields whereas here it's quite cool to walk somewhere where um a lot of it is unchanged so yeah it's it's amazing
0: hmm. i want jasper i wanted to ask you for your if you have a website for your art or something because what you described was yeah, it was hard to conceptualize. I conceptualized I know, I know. A lot if of we held things. one
2: up, maybe you could conceptualize it for your listeners. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, yeah, yeah, I wanted
3: no, people yeah, to yeah, be able to I check it out. I think that's good for uh, audio format. Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually haven't really got round to making one of those, those yet. It sounds very bad, but normally it's gone by word of mouth, and that's normally been enough. Um, I, do, I do have an Instagram account that has some on, but that's, that's sort of my Instagram account for traveling and feathers.
0: Okay, what is that? We'll put it in the show notes.
3: Oh, it's, it's just called Jasper. Horsey. Jasper full stop Horsey.
0: Okay, I just, well, I wanted to check it out.
1: Oh, cheers, Thank man. Uh, we'll, we'll push him to get one.
0: <laughs> all right, so yeah, I mean, you guys are all buddies. You're hanging out there. You decide to do this project. Now, where, where are you at with the project? I mean, you've purchased the tuk-tuks. Yeah. You're trying to raise the money. Are you raising the money and then going? Where, where are you right now at the time of recording? Um, so,
3: so presently, uh, we like Josh and I had a bit of money saved from working on these islands. And we've essentially just poured all of it into <laughs> these tuk-tuks, which are surprisingly expensive vehicles for how small yeah. they are. But, how much um, does a
0: tuk-tuk cost?
3: Uh, so we we've spent about twelve thousand dollars on them and then a bit more, yeah, okay. well, which is quite a lot for because we both worked in tourism. Um, obviously, the tourism industry, especially in the tropics, has has collapsed. Like all, the, the islands we worked on in Indonesia, they haven't been open for the last year and a half. So but yeah, the, the islands we worked on in Indonesia haven't been open for ages. But but we figured that this would be a, a great way of spending our time. Raising money, raising awareness, and also just having a really good mission. So we bought the two tuk tuks. We've been we've been into one of the salvage yards in uh, in our local town, and we have um, gone to a couple of wrecked Suzukis, and we've ripped out their seats because the tuk tuk stock seats are these horrible, really uncomfortable bench seats. So then we've welded a few frames together for for these nice sort of likes they're pseudo bucket chairs and then we've welded them in and then we've gone into another car and we pilfered a couple of other seats out of the back and then so rather than the bench seat in the passenger tuk-tuk we have another two um two seats that you can have the over the shoulder um seat belt because they only had the waist seat belts and they're famously very unstable vehicles so when they do roll we want to we want to be properly um especially for the type of terrain we'll be taking them through
0: it's pretty much guaranteed that it'll roll at some point, right? Um,
3: uh-huh. think, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. We, we, we'll, well, I hope we, not. We're expecting it. <laughs> yeah, on our, and uh, we put a, a roll cage in. We've made a, like a custom-made roll cage out of um, these these two series of two-inch pipe that we bought, and then we took it to our pipe bender, and um, and yeah, now it's a lot stockier for what, if it does roll.
0: I saw that video on TikTok. That's cool. I always love when you. I know. You just find somebody somewhere who's just a genius at what they do, right? Like that guy looked like he just, he knew how to bend pipes perfectly and and welded everything perfectly. I'm just like, this guy is just a genius at this. uh, It's always interesting to meet people like that along the way and like just geniuses at their craft and they're just like kind of practicing their craft in this one part of the world, you know?
1: Yeah, especially here, because it was like none of that stuff. So when we went to do that um, build, like you saw the machines he was using. There's no there's no electronics or anything like that on. That was a manual hydraulic pipe bender. And on his first go with a tape measure, so we just sort of tape measured out, got to the tuk-tuk, sort of did a couple of measurements, bent it out. And on his first go, he was out by I think it was 1.5 centimetres on each side for the perfect shape of the pre-existing roll cage it was it was crazy to see and yeah he just knew he would just look at things and be like oh yeah of course chopping out the um brackets for it to go on like for it to attach to the frame he just got a bit of cardboard and we just sort of put it in chop a bit off put it back in chop a little bit more and then it's just a perfect mount for it using a piece of cardboard it was it was yeah it was really yeah it was special to see
0: it's crazy. So your your website is tooksouth.com, right? And then you have some links there to support the expedition. I mean, what is? When are you guys leaving? Ooh,
2: the twenty third.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so we're leaving in yeah.
2: about three
1: weeks ish. If hmm. if we can get it working, I, I think
3: I think it will be working. Yeah,
1: me
0: too. And you're following. You said you're following the story. Does that mean? I mean, this issue that you're covering and talking about extends beyond. Kenya, right? To other consumers.
2: Yeah. So if you think Kenya is a pretty big one for safaris, um, so like if people are going to go on safari during this quite risky time, they will probably be choosing places like the Masai Mara. um, And Kenya is already quite popular as a destination for for tourists. But you think about these other countries that do have parks and conservancies and rangers that will be getting even less tourists than Kenya, then they in theory, will be suffering more. And rangers are throughout Africa trying to pro- protect wildlife. So we, we were interested to, to see what it was like outside of Kenya, which is why we wanted to to leave Kenya and go and follow the story with some cameras and make this documentary. Uh, but we also wanted to raise money for the people trying to protect the wildlife, which is why we're doing it in two tuk-tuks uh, to try and raise money for rangers.
0: From some of the videos I watched, it seems like some of the rangers, they, even though their pay has been cut in half or more, they're still working they're still they're still doing their job it just seems like there's a really strong connection with their desire to to protect
2: yeah definitely there's a love for it there there's like a like one of the last guys that we interviewed uh, at Barana Conservancy was a guy called Koloku who was the head ranger for the rhin- rhinos and lions Um, And he was saying in his interview, like, look, uh, I am on massively reduced pay here, but I I really love my job. I love these animals. So it was pretty inspirational. And that's why that's why we ended up being like, right, sod it. Like, we do need to raise some money for these people because you're meeting these incredible characters with these doing these selfless acts uh, to try and keep keep these animals protected. And the wild
3: spaces themselves as well, because what we found, it's not just. When we were doing all these safaris and um, collecting footage, it, it was it served a nice sort of double purpose in that we could cruise into these really remote areas, these long safaris to to the point where like rule of law broke down. Everyone like every one of these tribes members in some of these nor- northern areas where we've been near the Ethiopian border. I mean, all of them are um, got AKs. Even the kids have AKs. Like it 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 really is just the wild wild west up there but in in doing so what what we saw is yes there was uh, animals being impacted quite severely but also like the increase in charcoaling the chopping down of all these trees because all of the uh, and the the logging of hardwoods um sandalwood which is a, a, a type of wood that you extract it's sort of essential oil and is used in um all, all sorts of sort of um, homeopathy and everything aloe uh, the aloe vera plant that's used to make alcohol all of these plants were being absolutely decimated purely because yeah the tourism the trickle-down effect of the collapse of the tourism industry meant that people and um, and just people losing their jobs as a net net effect of corona meant that people were just struggling to survive and, and taking to exploiting natural resources as a way of doing so so we thought okay let's Go on this mission but let's try and see like cover its impact through the humanitarian lens which corona coronavirus has mainly looked at through but also let's just see what's happening to the actual wild spaces and try document that because yes the rangers are trying to protect the wild space but it's not just about the animals in them it's about and also about visiting these places
0: yeah it's interesting because um a lot of times you know, when we talk about like conscious travel or sustainable travel, it's like, well, should I go on this flight because, you know, I'm contributing to CO2 emissions and there are all these questions, right? But then you take tourism away and there are other ramifications in the local community, at which uh, like what you guys are saying is impacting the environment, right? You're talking about people, you know, burning down trees they're not supposed to and, and you know, creating coal and all these different other things that you're saying are in effect of the uh, the drop in tourism due to COVID, correct?
2: That's definitely correct. Like, um, You do realize that obviously tourism, tourism can be get, can, you can get it wrong and you can get it right. But if you ha- are in a lodge based within a community, and I think what people keep on calling it to us is the four C's. So it's like commerce, conservation, community, and culture. And basically they say that if they try and uh, keep those values in the way they run their business, then... The the area prospers and the business is successful. So the island that me and Jasper used to work at, the surrounding seas were getting pillaged for fish, as in there was no uh, structure for fishing. So you could be getting uh, trawling boats coming in, trawling, long lining. uh, The coral was getting stuffed. The sedimentation was up. the, The area was just getting pillaged. And the resorts that we worked for, Chembarak and Nikoi Islands, um, they put their foot down and said, right, we're going to set up an MPA. We're going to get people together to fund it, to manage it. And we're just going to try and protect uh, this area of sea that is around these islands and make sure that it will be healthy for years to come. Um, And they did this uh, pretty successfully. And now there is a 180,000 kilometer marine protected area just south of Singapore, which was... Pretty much the driving force behind setting it up was these resorts, these two resorts, Nikoi Island and Champanak Island. So I think that is a good example of what you were saying.
0: I mean, that's kind of what it takes, right? It's like if everybody's doing their part, some people are able to do a bit more and we can just do that in places all over the world and areas that people are from. Because it's hard when you look at it as a global problem, it's overwhelming, right? You're like, well, what could I possibly do? Right, but then I look at you three guys, and you're like, "Well, we're going to buy these two tuk tuks, and we're going to raise awareness around things, you know, around this issue." And now you're talking about it, and these conversations can make a difference, you know. So I I appreciate that about what you guys are doing. I mean, what what is this whole experience, and like the decision to do this? And I know you guys haven't left yet, but what does it really taught you about yourself so far? I vote you're as the engineer. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: It's taught us a lot, to be fair. I mean, we're pretty chaotic, is how I classify ourselves. But even through the chaos, we've managed to get quite a lot of stuff done. So it's it's weird. Like, none of us, well, I'm meant to be, a yeah, the engineer of the group. Um, I'm not trained in any of these things <laughs> at all. Sort of picked up CAD a couple of days ago to try and design one of these tic-tics. And it's sort of, yeah, I guess it's cheesy to say, but yeah, throw yourself at it and give yourself a deadline. And a lot of the time you can pull through quite a lot of pretty amazing stuff. Obviously, we have had help from some incredible technicians and welders here because, I mean, none of us can weld or anything. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's been been interesting about us. And like these two who've been in charge of our fundraising have been doing incredible jobs. I mean, they've been on conference calls with some fairly powerful Mm -hmm. people. And you sort of <laughs> look at the two of them and you're like, that's actually, you've really pulled your weight somehow out of absolutely nowhere. Like we didn't really have any clout before. We are just a bunch of mates who bought some tuk-tuks and are about to drive and do a pretty ridiculous adventure. But I don't know, it's getting traction. We're getting contacted all these cold emails that we sent out and we're getting contacted by the sort of main telecoms companies in Kenya. We're getting like, it's, it's weird. It's sort of a case of throw yourself at it. It's, Expose yourself there and see if people will like it. And so far they have. It's nice. Yeah.
0: Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately I was sold. I had to get one AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been, and they are under 50 bucks So they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Yeah, I think when you have a cause as well, it's like, you know, people see, oh, okay, this is something, if I can help, I can, it's, you know, you can be a part of it in some way right? And, and that's what we're trying to do here is share this so other people can listening can be a part of this if they want. And I encourage you to do that. Yeah. If you go to talksouth.com, then you can get the links to your, uh, what do you have a just giving page, I believe, and place where you can make the donations for the Rangers. Yeah. But uh, I'll let you guys pass the mic and answer, keep answering the question. You're not going to get out of this one.
3: No, but thank, thank you so much. <laughs> thank uh, you very much, Jason. You are a champion. We love
0: you. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. Um no. Yeah, I mean, well, how about you, Jasper? I mean, what has this whole experience taught you so far?
3: Um it's taught me that you can realistically combine a sense of adventure as well as a positive impact on the world if you if if you like dig into causes that matter a lot and especially like it, i think africa is very topical for um well kenya especially since i i mean i when i was a kid i saw huge areas of forest that don't exist anymore i've seen like we in this area, like where this house is right now there used to be lions and leopards when i was a kid they're none anymore so it's very it's very tangible that uh, like rangers are a necessity and protecting the um the like africa really is one of the tra- last true wildernesses of the world and it I, there is a feel like the the emptiness, and there's such a raw feeling with it. And the, the fact that this mission can help the help the continent that I, I really love, as well as also splicing in just adventure. I love adventure. I love the concept that we can go down, we can go fishing on our way down, we can catch our own food, we can go climb mountains, we can do some treks through jungles. And in doing so, we can find all of these interesting figures involved in conservation and all these interesting conservation projects and sustainability projects along the way, give them coverage, help them out. And in doing so help, help us out a bit, as well as having a brilliant time. And I think, I think there is legs for, for us to just follow this story a lot longer than maybe just even this trip to Cape town. What I'd really love to do is, and I think I think these guys are on board now is take the tuk-tuks to Patagonia afterwards and drive the tuk-tuks from Patagonia to Alaska and just follow again the same sort of like sustainability stories, conservation stories, eco eco stories, um, as well as just having um, documenting the adventure as a whole.
0: Oh, man. Do you have an extra seat in the tuk-tuk?
3: Come. Yeah. Come join. Okay. We'll have a fleet of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. An on and, the road podcast.
3: And also, they're so eco. You, you, you referenced earlier the, the, um, the consideration. and I've felt it a lot in that, especially on big road, road trips we do here in 4 drives, you do have this sense of guilt that, wow, the carbon footprint of this trip is actually quite big. However, with a tuk-tuk, our tuk-tuk does 35 kilometers to the liter it will take for, for us to get drive the 6000 kilometers it would be like in
1: two vehicles in wow. two
3: in two vehicles be about 360 liters which in in one of these big safari cars in in Kenya they'll they'll use in like a, a week and that yeah wow. so that's why yeah. they're brilliant machines very uncomfortable but brilliant
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean was well you could have picked any mode of transportation right was the tuk tuk thing why? Why the tuk-tuk? Was it just a hook? Like, oh my gosh! Well, this is something that'll catch people's attention just because of the. Physical there was a little bit of that, Jason. Nature. We'll be honest. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, we knew it. It's it, when yeah. you see a tuk-tuk. Drive it's not by, for the comfort. It puts a right? smile I mean, on people's faces. Like when we're driving down the street here, and people see us go by, there is a look of bewilderment and joy. Is what I describe it as, and that's actually like when we're we're driving these tuk-tuks, and if you think about it. We are a camera crew, essentially. We're we're going down to tell stories. That's what we're doing. But most of the camera crews that will be traveling through these communities will be rocking up in these giant four by fours. All the doors are closed. They can whistle along the tarmac at 120 kilometers an hour to get to the destinations to film. There's not that much involvement with the surrounding community. We're going to be breaking down and popping tires every 50 kilometers. We're going to be, the doors are all open on our tuk-tuks. We'll be having chapatis and stuff thrown in, uh, exchanging money for goods and services. Like we're going to be very much like embedded in the communities that we're traveling through and being a part of. And I think world will get around about like, you know, this this weird camera crew that's going around following these cool stories and that we can just develop a bit of a personality for the tuk-tuk. Because I think what they have is a real personality. A tuk-tuk does yeah i mean like, do they have a name bang bang. speaking of that have you named these things yet? we haven't in fact uh, we might be able to say a world's first announcement we may be oh, putting yeah. the names of the tuk-tuks up for auction <laughs>
0: so you got that to look forward to oh auction. good idea <laughs>
1: Although that could end up <laughs> The
0: zero to travel tuk-tuk. button. Oh, the zero to travel tuk-tuk? you can put a bit put in, in, Jason. You have, can put a bit in, put in Jason. <laughs> I might have to put a bit in for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the fact that people will probably be able to walk next to it while you're driving by will really connect you. Yeah, community yeah as super well. slow. Bicycles yeah,
1: will be overtaken. How
0: fast they are. No, we- let me... Uh, all right, so, yeah, I did a job once around the US where I was driving a... Uh, it was a van but the outside they used a fiberglass shell to create a giant looking tabby cat. No so, you know, no maybe way. you guys want to maybe you guys maybe the engineer wants to put an elephant or a giraffe or something <laughs> around around the tuk-tuk. I've just thrown just throwing. You out were some driving a giant cat around America. Yeah, you know. I mean, and I drove a double-decker. I drove a double-decker bus as well. Uh, you know, a proper British double-decker bus that went very slow and broke down all the time. So I can relate to, you know, the sort of Hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? You know, on a different scale, I guess. But um uh, Yeah, mean, so anyway, you we'll be faster that's...
1: than us. us. Max is out at 25 miles an hour, I think. And we're going down a hill with the wind behind us. Um,
0: yeah. The bus went about 44 miles an hour. Oh, I'm not sure what damn. that is kilometers. <laughs> America's a big so. place. Did you have parties in the yeah. bus? Why did you have a bus? Oh, that's another story. We don't <laughs> to focus like on your story. <laughs> All right. And then you're going to make the documentary. I, I want to talk to you guys after this trip. I mean, I imagine, well, you go, you'll you put the documentary out. So I'm sure you'll have some audio and different things like that. I'd like to have you guys back on after oh, you that yes. That'd be journey and you're hear about it. Thank you so much. Cool. Yeah, I mean, are you down? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay. <laughs> as soon as we get to Cape Town, we won't even shower first. We'll give you a ring. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. You can take your showers, okay? Yeah, I mean, anything else you guys want to share about this project? Because now would be the time to kind of get behind this, if you're listening, because you guys are just about to go on this adventure. I love that you combined... And venture and cons- conservation sounds like some core values that you guys have, and I I just find it inspiring that, you know, you're not just like, hey, well, we're just going to make you know cool travel TikTok videos, but we're going to actually like have sort of a mission behind this and combine some of our values and try to be the change. Yeah, it's always inspiring to me. So I I just want to give you guys props for just doing something about it, you know, and something pretty damn cool as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah. I mean, just let people know once again, like what the best way is to kind of support this project and how people can get in touch if you want them to do so. I don't know if you guys are. Yeah.
2: Okay. So we, we haven't, we have an email address if that's useful. So we're willing to give that out. I think, I think,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so we're
2: so called that. TuckSouthCrew at gmail.com and Tuck is just T U K. Uh, and then our socials, we have a YouTube, which is Tuck South. And then the TikTok channel that we post on is my TikTok. So that's just at Josh Porter S, at Josh Porter's. Uh, and that's where we'll be posting our TikToks of the Tuk journey
3: but the, all of, all of the hyperlinks are on the uh, on um, the website yeah
2: so if you go on tucksouth.com everything is there and yeah literally any donation at all at the minute after 3 weeks of hard graft we're onto $750 in the just giving account <laughs> and we're hoping it will spike initially when we got on the trip yeah, but literally if out. you've got a fiver or a tenner or anything like that and you're willing to you want to put it towards you know, some people who have got an incredibly dangerous job. Like you've had a thousand of these guys get killed since two thousand and three, and now they're putting it all on the line on a seriously reduced wage. Then we'd really appreciate literally any donation uh, to the Tuck South Just Giving uh, fund.
1: And yeah, one hundred percent of that donation, if you're doing our Just Giving, all of that goes to the Rangers. They do. Like we, we don't take a single cut out of any of that. So there are two little things. I mean, we've got more joke. Jokey one for ourselves, if you feel like chucking us a couple of quid. You can buy us a spanner, yeah. which is, um, it's just to sort of buy me a coffee, link and It's sort of like three bucks at a time. But uh, it would be great if anyone could chuck into the Just Giving for Rangers site. Because, yeah, they do really need it. Like it's, it's amazing how hard these guys work. They're up all night using night vision goggles to look after rhinos, just in case they get poached in the pitch dark. And it's, it's yeah, it's a, t- it's a really tough job. And they don't, they're not the poster child. You always hear about the elephant, the rhino. But like the only reason that thing's alive anymore is because of these guys. Like the poaching levels. And I mean, you just have to look at any biodiversity levels. They're dropping like we're in a mass extinction event. And that's because of humans. And these guys are directly frontline stopping that from happening. So instead of donating a fiver to an elephant charity, donate to the guy who protects everything. Who protects the smaller species from the sort of ducks, the frogs, the elephants, to up to gorillas even? Protect the ducks. ducks. Protect the
2: ducks. Protect the, duck. the <laughs> baby
1: ducks and the frogs. Tree frogs need protection, okay? Um, but yeah, they're <laughs> just really cool guys. Um, So yeah, any little would help yeah. on that.
0: Well said, and I am going to make a donation oh, after yeah! we get off this. Jason. So I want everybody listening to do the same if you're if you're in the giving mood and. Uh, let's have you guys back when all this stuff's done. We and, can and put I'm a sticker gonna... on
2: Jason as well. We can put a zero to travel sticker on if you want. Listen, if I had some stickers, I'd
0: send them to you. you we we by. can make can it. We okay. just, we just need the JPEG. There you go. I'll send it along. And, um, yeah, man, I, I just wish you guys the best of luck. Be safe out there and try not to roll over at all. I hope the engineer who just downloaded CAD for the first time two days ago does a good <laughs> enough job to yeah we'll keep you posted on that supported at least you have com- comfortable seats and proper seat belts so yeah. that's good but I'm really curious to hear you know how it how it all goes and how the adventure comes together and what it's like having those conversations in the communities and where it all ends up for you guys so let me know how I can help if anybody's listening feels like they can help in, in some other ways you have the email address and uh, we will you know put all those links and, and whatnot in the show notes that way you can get in touch. Are you still looking for sponsors and different things like that? I mean, yeah. Yes. So basically we have, we've been emailing
2: people saying, if you, if you put $400 into the just giving, then we'll stick your company logo on the tuk-tuk. So we're really selling ourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if anyone's interested in that, then they can email us and we'll get their sticker on there, a nice prominent position. And you'll be featured in hopefully millions of views online on, in the documentary.
3: And the, and the TikToks yeah, on I'll the way down, time. and YouTube's on the way down. Mm.
0: And if you're auctioning off the uh, TikToks, I guess you'll put that on your website or something. Or the the not the, the TikToks. The TikToks no. It's TikTok, confusing. TikTok, TikTok, it's very confusing. Tooks <laughs> on TikTok. Yeah, I know. It's uh, the Tuk Tuk name. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that might be something. So anyway, just get in touch, stay in touch, and uh, follow these guys. And yeah, have a good time, also, guys. Thank have you, Jason. Thank you, Cheers, Jason. Heart. Much and, um, appreciated, man. Great to talk to you. Let's hook up again when you get back.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. we've got Jay some down. adventure stories for you.
0: <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. See you. Jay Jay Bye. Bye. There you have it. My chat with the fellas, Jasper, Josh, and Ivo. I love the energy over there, coming out of that apartment or house, wherever they were. That they, they were. Fantastic to chat with, and what a wonderful project. Don't forget to check them out. I have the various links here in the show notes. Look forward to getting back in touch with them and hearing how things went. Hopefully, those tuk-tuks don't roll over. Man, stay safe out there, guys. (laughs) This uh, brought up uh, an idea during the interview that I wanted to share here before I let you go, and then I'll leave you with a quote as well. I started getting this mental picture of a personal radius that we all have, right? That it can it can extend as far out as we want. But maybe if we shrink that personal radius, uh, where we're located, if you're not traveling right now, maybe you're in your hometown or the place of residence where you live, or maybe you're living somewhere for a year, I don't know, whatever the case is, you have your own personal radius, right? The community within which... You exist, and within that community, there are issues. There are things that might need help. There are things that you can do to contribute, and this is something that, of course, keeps coming up in the show and something I think about a lot living here as a foreigner in Norway. How can I contribute to my local community? What can I do that's uh, making more of an impact? So, are good questions to ask, I try to do little things here and there, but I don't always have the answers. Uh, I love what these guys are doing. It's super inspiring to me to see them putting together a grand adventure around uh, travel and something they love and just getting out there and and making a difference. And within our personal radius, I think that's a manageable place. If you're talking about a square kilometer, a square five kilometers or mile, five square miles around you, whatever, What what can we do? What can one person do to be the change? And it's not that we all need to be doing something all the time, but we're all citizens of this world. And at some point, it's good to take some personal responsibility. Whether you consider yourself a leader or not, I don't think matters. What matters is just what's in your heart and deciding to contribute sometimes means getting into uncomfortable spaces, much like travel, right? You're putting yourself into a situation where you may maybe have to speak in front of people or maybe you have to put yourself out there or send an email and make a phone call that you wouldn't like to make because it's scary, but there's something near and dear to your heart in your vicinity, in your radius that you want to do something about to help improve. We can't all as individuals make huge gigantic impacts on the world, like a Gandhi or something like that. But we can do a lot as individuals. And this, I think, was a stark reminder for me. I'm asking myself these questions as well. I'm not preaching to you. These are things that are running through my mind and things I'm trying to get my head around here. And I just think it's helpful as a reminder to share because if enough people step up, across the world in their own radius, their own little personal radius of whatever you define that, and then those radiuses start overlapping and connecting, next thing you know, obviously we're all connected and everything is interconnected. So think about that. Just something to ponder as we exit another lovely podcast episode here on Zero to Travel. What can we do within our radius. And let's, let's all ponder that together. I appreciate your presence here. Appreciate your time listening to the show. Appreciate that you are a part of this listening community. Please get in touch anytime. Love your feedback on the show. Uh, you can recommend some guests. Just share your story. Let me know what you're up to. Let me know what's going on in your world. Love to hear from you. Do that if you keep putting it off and you've been thinking about it. Like John, who wrote me an email that I gave a shout out to earlier, he said, I've been thinking about writing for a while and I'm finally doing it. So if that's you, get in touch. Leave me a voicemail, drop me a line. And uh, thanks for being a part of this whole deal we have going on over here. All right, I'll leave you with a quote along the lines of a personal radius that gave me the mental image of a circle around my (laughs) physical body overlaid over my area and then I found this quote from the Tao Te Ching that said stay at the center of the circle and let all things take their course Uh, a lot of ways to interpret that but I'll leave you with that quote thank you so much for your time today and I'll see you next time peace and love to you and yours take care cheers
2: this podcast has been brought to you by zero
3: ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.